Hello, I'm Ashley. And I'm Gary. And welcome to episode 21 of Choose Film Podcast. Uh, Today we are obviously continuing with our Scotland theme and we are joined by the lovely Rebecca Riddle who has brought the film Brave, our first animated film. So Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So I am a recently graduated actor, um, graduating in lockdown, which is lovely. Um, I've done a bit of directing, writing, but over lockdown, the main thing I've sort of focused on is like a little networking platform that I've created called Lockdown Links. So that's very exciting. Um, Yeah, just like a few sessions a week for people to come together all from all different creative walks of life just to sit and chat, network and hopefully when we are allowed to work together um, we've got some connections in place to do so. So yeah, it's great fun. (laughs) Definitely, that's such an amazing thing you've started um, and I definitely need to check out more as well. Yeah, love to have you. Oh, that'd be great. So why, why Brave when we said the Scotland theme? I picked Brave just because it's quite a feel-good film. It's one of those films that before I watched it for the very first time, I had sort of low expectations um, in a way that I didn't know how it was going to work with like Disney and a Scottish film. And I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, And it's one of those kind of like Sunday afternoon films. I don't know, like I always seem to watch it like at the weekend where it just sort of it's uplifting it's got a really nice important message a lot of good scottish talent and your first animation so it's very I exciting <laughs> i know i'm so glad you brought this film um and what would you rate it out of 10 if you had to rate it so my rating at the moment is 8.5 out of 10 nice nice gary what about you um i've went for a seven uh seven uh, it was almost a six but i've pushed it to a seven and I, maybe you can help me you know lift that by the end of this um episode but it was a nice wee watch it's really nice to actually finally watch an animation as well um my only quick negative to start was i felt like not a lot happened i don't know what i was expecting and i guess that's maybe because there wasn't a true overall villain like quite a lot of disney and pixar's have a villain mm. but um we'll get into it yeah, yeah, so I'm going for a 7. <laughs> so I actually gave it a 7.5 because there was... I loved this film and I I spoke to Rebecca and Gary before we started recording. When I was younger, for some reason, I just like re-watched Mary-Kate and Ashley and the Spice Girls film like on repeat. <laughs> I didn't really watch cartoons, so I didn't really get into animation that much. Um, so I, I kind of had low expectations mm-hmm. and was very, very... Pl- pleasantly surprised by this I loved it but there were parts that kind of took me out of it and I thought Mm -hmm. this could be cut down by about 15 minutes or something so that is my rating at the moment and so for any listeners who maybe haven't watched Brave here is as always a brief synopsis for you so Merida who's a courageous daughter of Scottish King Fergus and Queen Eleanor is a skilled archer who wants to carve out her own path in life Her defiance of an age-old tradition angers the Highland Lords and leads to chaos in the kingdom. Merida seeks help from an eccentric witch who grants her an ill-fated wish. Now Merida must discover the true meaning of courage and undo a beastly curse before it's too late. It stands 12 feet tall with razor-sharp claws. His hide littered with the weapons of fallen warriors. His face scarred with one dead eye. I drew my sword and... Trump! Dad's leg was clean off. Oh, that's my favourite part. <laughs> In accordance with our laws, the firstborn of each of the great leaders must prove their worth. Merida, stop! A lady enjoys elegant <gasps> pursuits. I present my only son. He took out a whole armada single-handedly. He was... With one arm, he was steering the ship. I want my freedom. 
but are you willing to pay the price your freedom will cost? Careful what you wish for, my mother would say. What's the worst that could happen? Let's get started with our positive points on the film. So, Gary, since you rated it the lowest, I'm coming to you first. In case we take any of your points, what's your yeah, first Gary. positive? I'll just start with the negatives, right? No, I'm kidding <gasps> on. Um, no, so my first point is I think this film is great because it is really empowering women. Um, it's about a young woman finding her feet in the world and making her making it her own. Um, she stands up for herself. Um, she wants to live her own life. Um, the mum thinks that a woman, or in this case, a princess, needs to be perfect, needs to enunciate her words properly. Um, they're not allowed to use weapons, no bone arrows on the dinner table. Um, and they need to accept a clansman's hand in marriage. But Merida, is it Merida? I can't remember. Am I saying that right? Merida. Merida, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, the mum who it, like has this way of thinking about how a woman should live and Merida, who doesn't, um, they get on really well, funnily enough, when the mum is turned into a bear and actually can give these terrible life lessons. And also the mum wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for her daughter's like hunting skills. So I think there's a lot to be said in that. But what I do find ironic about it is the the dad's way of thinking compared to the mum's. Fergus, the dad, he just doesn't care. He just wants to see his daughter happy. And mm-hmm. he even laughs at how ridiculous she looks at the clan's ceremony when she's in that costume as they arrive. I also, when I watched it, this is going to sound like a negative, but it's not. When I watched it, when I heard it was called Brave, I thought it was going to be about this Scottish lass We had ginger hair and she was going to have her bow and arrow and fighting dragons or something really. I thought it was going to be like this mythical story. So when I was watching it, I'm like, I don't really get the title, like Brave. I thought there was going to be more to it. But actually, what I think it's saying is this uh, young woman is brave enough to stand up for what she believes in against her traditional mother and these oversized men. <laughs> if you get like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think there's a wee bit of be careful what you wish for in there with the whole wishing her mum would leave her alone and then getting turned into a bear but also from the mum's side like what your beliefs are aren't always right yeah Mm -hmm. completely i think that's kind of the moral of the story and what it's going for Mm -hmm. yeah and this goes actually very well into my first point of her not uh, merida not being the stereotypical princess that we're used to you know she's not conforming to all these traditions she is creating her own path in life as much as she can and you know she always finds a way and I think she is an amazing role model for young girls to know that you know Mm -hmm. you don't need to well (laughs) I mean people don't usually wear like corsets and stuff in everyday life (laughs) Um, but what well some people don't (laughs) i'm joking um but yeah you don't have to dress a certain way to be a princess or a woman you know it's about changing these beliefs and creating your own fate and you know if you want to go around like exploring the wild and going where your imagination takes you then go for it and Mm -hmm. i think this whole story just her not being stereotypical her not being afraid of the outside world she's more scared of i think she's scared of conforming because she knows that she won't live her true life and i think that is maybe something that we should all be more scared of conforming to you know societal norms and everything like that i think she's just so brave in the way that she thinks no i'm living my life and she's so smart you know when um she talks about the firstborn shooting the arrow and she's the firstborn and she knows she can absolutely thrash any guy's attempt at these Mm. um, bow and arrows and when she shoots right through the middle you're just you know it's going to happen you know she's going to absolutely nail it um so we just have absolute faith in her from the beginning because she is this kind of rebel but in the most brilliant way no totally she's more scared of like taking someone's hand in marriage than she is from like fighting a bear yeah. And I think mm-hmm. there's something to be said there as well. Yeah. And that's the great thing about Pixar and Disney because 
Disney used to be full of these princesses that were looking for the Prince Charming, but Pixar never really, uh, Pixar never really does a love story. They kind of stay no. away from that until, well, actually until Toy Story Four, I guess. Um, that's kind of like the first one that I can think of. It's more about Up, maybe like as well with the love yeah. story and that. But there's a lot more to that. But yes, yeah. a lot of driving love in there. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I've got a similar kind of point to that as well. So the fact that she is a different type of princess and I feel like Disney are trying to do that as well with their sort of recent films. So when you watch things like um, Frozen, for instance, like one of the like the one of the parts at the very beginning of that film is you can't just marry someone you've just met and things like that. And it's about sisterly love. And I quite like that we have we've got a mirror relationship of like family members in this film and the fact that at the end of the film she doesn't pick a suitor and it's it's not about that anymore and I kind of like that there was no love story the love story between mum and daughter which is lovely um but not like your traditional sort of previous films like Disney princess films um and I think because she's so young and she's so wild and things like you are allowed to be whoever you want to be, you know. Um, so yeah, I loved that it was a bit different to all the other sort of Disney princesses as well. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that's great about it is the ending, where you find out that the clansmen actually weren't up for this marriage either. They're yeah, like, well, we want to get a choice as well, and exactly. that's never really been looked at. With all these films and TV shows about um, arranged marriages. A lot of them mm-hmm. are looked at from the female perspective, and this was really nice just to see them going, well, oh, great, so we don't have to actually go through with this yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> we can have a choice and see if we like each other. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that her, you know, her actions aren't typical of a princess, but her beliefs and the things that she values are actually the things that everybody should be looking up to you know she's yeah. she's saying like that we're queen. All, yeah, yeah exactly she's saying we're all in this together and you know valuing her freedom and her own choices so mm-hmm. really in that sense like maybe she is a true princess in that way but just not outwardly um mm-hmm. what a great character although yeah, i do have good. to mention that um well i've said it to gary and rebecca already but i've not long watched train spotting so hearing kelly mcdonald <laughs> yeah. voice this role I was like, ah, I just see you as Diane. (laughs) Um, And Beth with you and McGregor. Yeah, uh, exactly. (laughs) Um, But she does an amazing job at voicing Merida. And her voice really fits someone who's that age. Um, And, you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how versatile her voice is. But it's also very recognisable. But that doesn't... I felt like I got over that after the first... Mm-hmm. few minutes of the film I felt like the most recognisable voice was Billy Conley's yeah. as well and he really really suited that part as yeah, well actually it's great. Yeah. I yeah. thought all of them were pretty well cast though like even like so Emma Thompson was obviously playing like the mum but I was like I know that's Emma Thompson but it just fits in so well and um, I did read something where she obviously she'll, she'll have kids of her own but <laughs> she went into a place of like when the mum is when a mum is like at that that stage of I'm gonna lose it <laughs> and had several times like in rehearsal and stuff where she would just get into that zone of don't mess with me <laughs> I'm about to explode like one of those mums that <laughs> moments that we're all familiar with I suppose uh, and actually it's really good that all the cast well not all of them but a lot of the cast were well-known Scottish actors yeah because it'd have been really easy for Pixar just to get the most famous people they can and ask them to do Scottish accents and so I feel like it's just it's just great to hear these voices that we all know from other things like Robbie Coltrane mm-hmm. um Kevin McKidd as yeah. well as like uh, Emma Thompson you know they all deserve a part in this Scottish animated feature and they, they do make it their own yeah totally completely so I think that was a hybrid of all three of our first points <laughs> yeah, I, I love so. it I love it um, what a great character and a great role model for people to look up to yeah. so Gary we're back to you then with Already. point two um, yeah it's just actually Pixar's effects like going all the way back to the likes of Toy Story to 
Um, but you can look back at Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 4, which is one of the most recent, or even Soul, I guess. But their effects have came a long way, but it really shines in this film. The way uh, her glamorous ginger hair moves as she's like running and stuff like that. Like ah, every that strand, <laughs> yeah, every strand moves like against the wind or just other things like the shine on a silk dress as well. The way that reflects the lighting in the room and the detail on, for instance, like the fur on the bear. It's mm-hmm. all really, really well done. And just the use of like smoke, lightning, shadows. Like, for instance, when the triplets prank the maid with like the bear shadows to make it look bigger than what it really is that must have been so hard to like capture so yeah i just think it's it's really well done and even the slow motion effect as her arrow goes through the clansman's arrow on the board like in slow motion and things like that they really capture so much detail i guess obviously we move with the times and the advancements of like cgi and stuff like that is is helped but but so does their attention to detail as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to give a lot of credit to the animators. Absolutely. And I thought the part where she is climbing up the rock, it's near the start, she climbs up some rock that only, I don't know, only certain like heroes were meant to do or something. And the landscape there, the Scottish landscape, yeah. is incredible. Like To the point where I was like up at my screen so close because I was like, this is, it looks so real. Um mm-hmm. It's amazing, and it kind of, it kind of looks out of place when you see Merida there because you could watch that and it'd be very, very realistic. Um, but yeah, I thought that was amazing, and it's just so vast as well. Yeah, that was actually what like one of my other points was just like how it looked. Like it didn't look or feel like any other kind of Disney Pixar film. It was very, and I suppose it comes back to even like the the characterization the the speech like the dialogue and everything is there's nothing in there that doesn't sound like it shouldn't be there it all sounds like natural and scottish and things and like the colors i mean the first thing i wrote down was merida's hair because it is just huge and wild and the volume and the color Mm -hmm. it's just and again it goes back to just representing what merida's like she is wild and she wants to go on all these adventures and it just matches like the character looks so well and just back to how it didn't really feel or like look like a normal disney film is it kind of made me think of um is it how to train your dragon i've never seen that but similar kind of like an animation of how they looked like it was just a completely different type of animation to any other kind of yeah. disney pixar film that's that's been yeah i think they like to do that pixar is like change up yeah. the look of the characters so again just looking at soul as well yeah. like the characters look very different compared to like up or like andy and toy story and things like that they like yeah. to like change it and i think that's great because pixar aren't sticking to a formula like that's probably mm-hmm. the director's choice and the, the creative directors in the animation as well yeah yeah although like just talking about things feeling very Scottish, like I found it surprising that there was bears in Scotland. So I actually googled it, and back when this is set, yeah, there would have been a few bears in Scotland, but it's well, went I'm extinct. Glad you cleared that up, Gary. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if they want me to expand my belief on this film, then I need to make sure that it's actually yeah. correct. <laughs> and we didn't see Nessie either, so we know it's true. <laughs> exactly they could have oh. taken it in that direction and yeah i'm glad they did oh gosh me too a haggis <laughs> running about as well and things like that <laughs> so rebecca was that your second point as well that gary's um, stolen yeah well it was kind of just like a little note i kind of had but um so yeah i think one of the other points was the relationship between mother and daughter and I've watched this film a few times with my mum and at the at the end I am crying my heart out trying not to show my mum it and I'll turn to my mum expecting the same reaction and she's sitting like yeah this is a really good <laughs> film isn't it like no crying no emotion so <laughs> but it's one of those films that I found kind of relatable in a way so I'm the oldest of three so there's always like that expectation of like looking after your siblings and leading by example, I suppose. Like not like pressured on you, but like just like that kind of thing of being the oldest. Uh, but I just loved how 
the weirdest thing of watching your mother as a bear hatching fish was the moment that Merida went, you know, I love my mum. Look at her go. Look how yeah. good she is. Look how cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just loved how they're like the little arguments of when Fergus is like, speak to me like you would speak to Merida. And she's saying the lines and then you see Merida like she's like responding I love that little moment of like back and forth and it was like just one of those moments of when you have like a little conversation with your mum like that where one's saying one thing and you're saying the other it's the same conversation but you're just not like listening to one another and I just loved how the relationship kind of blossomed to the end of how they both had changes to make like even though we are kind of rooting for Merida being quite wild and free with the wind and I suppose at the very bottom of everything that goes on with Queen Eleanor is she wants the best for her daughter she wants her to be safe and she wants her to be happy like her perception of that and at the end when they're like we both have changed I'm like yeah because Merida needs to change as well there has to be some changes and it just comes down to the root of there is no status there is no you're the queen and I'm the princess it's just mum and daughter and I just really liked how the relationship kind of developed and it's something that we can recognise with a family member I suppose Yeah, I also think that both of them had their flaws and once they got yeah. over those flaws they bonded more, you know totally. rather, than, rather than seeing the fault in each other, they should have looked at the fault maybe in themselves and mm-hmm. changed that and then it would have actually changed their relationships enough. You could almost look at it as like Merida has been a wee bit of a brat in a way because she could attempt to learn these things that the family is supposed to be accustomed to but it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean that she has to enjoy it and has to like that doesn't have to be all she lives for you know mm-hmm. and maybe if she wasn't such a brat when learning these things her mum would be a bit more relaxed with her I guess when the child is like forcefully almost disrespecting these traditions then you would try and push for them to understand it that wee bit more. Mm -hmm. I think we always know that Eleanor's acting out of love the whole time. She is acting out of love and it's so nice to see that and I think it's one of the first well who am I to say I've hardly (laughs) watched any like Disney or Pixar films but it it shows like quite a a good representation of a family as well you know it's not the typical like oh, um, the king has locked the princess in a tower and that's it. And there's no like family relationship. Whereas mm-hmm. this does show a lot more of that. And, you know, I'm sure we can all relate when we've just got frustrated at uh, a family member and just been like so against everything that they're trying to tell us to do because maybe we're going through our own stuff. And that's what I totally related to in Merida. Like, we've all had times like that and I just think it was so nice to to see it come into an amazing closure at the end and that they did both have to change yeah the other thing as well is to give the mum a wee bit more respect shall we say um as she is running that castle or oh definitely that as well like Fergus the dad is just partying away thinks everything's <laughs> great not taking any responsibility and even when the clans arrive and they all start fighting. Fergus ends up joining in, and there's that scene where the mum has to like grab all of them by like the beard yeah. and the ear, and it's like just walking them to the front of the hall. So she's doing that, trying to get um, her daughter ready for the life ahead. And then there's three young boys to look after, so she's got a lot of responsibility there. So that's why you can maybe like look at her going, "I need to get my daughter ready for the future ahead," because if she's not ready look at the state I'm in just now trying to run this family. If she doesn't get her arse in gear, she's going to struggle even more. (laughs) Uh If something happens to me, we're all screwed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Definitely. This actually goes really well into my second point, which is the role reversal in this. So we start off, the the mum is obviously teaching Merida so much. And then when Eleanor becomes the bear she learns so much from Merida you know she learns Mm -hmm. how to catch the fish and then that again leads Merida to uncovering that oh my gosh we need to fix the tapestry because we need to fix our bond so they're learning from each other there and then again when the mum I think it's in the the scene where 
they're trying to get the mum up the stairs as a bear um, past the whole fighting yeah the whole thing of guys um, the clans and she comes around and says like says to Merida that we have to break tradition or gets Merida to say that and that we're free to write our own story and follow our hearts and you can see Merida's face like as she's receiving this information through like charades from her mum <laughs> at the back um, you can see the information landing and she realises that her mum has taken on something from her and she can't believe that her mum's got this beautiful outlook and now they're both on the same page and I just thought that role reversal was so so nice because a lot of the time in in life I suppose like there's this hierarchy of you, you learn from these people and this is the way it goes but actually we all learn from each other and I think this film really really um displays that well see totally. I kind of got annoyed at that last scene because I thought that last scene is the chance for um, the daughter to actually speak up and say who she is and what she wants to do and she would have her own voice by the end of the film but instead I think it was almost cheap for comedic value is this thing of her having to translate what her mum is wanting to say through her and I got really annoyed because I felt like that was the pedestal to finally place the daughter on and let her speak her mind about how we should break these traditions and we should learn to pick who we want to fall in love with or, or whatever else. And it kind of annoyed me that that whole scene was the mum's voice coming through. Yeah, her mum had finally changed her mind and became a new person, but I don't know. I think it was See, also Merida yeah. like learning that now she's in front of all these people, something that her mum does all the time. Her mum can speak to all these people, command the room. And now she's got to do it. And I think she was a bit of a rabbit in the headlights. What do I say next? And then her mum came through to help her. And I think yeah. that just added to the bond. I loved it. Yeah. It's interesting that you found it, like, annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of saw it as, so she has that moment. She gets her attention. And it's a bit of, like, a, I suppose, like, when we all have, like, one of those positions of speaking out about something. And we've got that moment of going, oh my goodness, okay, they listen to me. Good, first step, great. And keep going and keep going. And I think it's almost as if it's like an afterthought of the Queen saying that of... And I feel like it's more... It, not so much about the Queen, like, speaking, like, through Merida. I think it was more of a... Like, an indication, a hidden message of... We're on, I hear you. I, I hear you now. I can hear what you're saying. I hear how passionate you are. Here here's my agreement I agree with you and it was more of a moment like for me of we're on the same wavelength now I said, obviously the charades and things is comedic value because she's a bear and <laughs> if anyone knows she can't walk up there and go this is what you should say yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, and I suppose it is like a kid's film as well at the end of the day it was more of a this is my response to you being brave and standing up for you know finding your true self and you know, standing up to these pathetic men in this room <laughs> um, and taking control. So it's almost as if what Merida thought, but Eleanor was like, say it though, I want you to say yeah. it. Look at you sticking up for the mum. Look at you. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been good even if like the conversation started with her taking lines from the mum and then out of the situation, the mum had to get out of the room because someone said she was a bear, and then she was left having to stand on her own two feet and finish off this speech. Mm -hmm. So then you'd have got almost the best of both worlds, you know. What I did like was when the mum <clears throat> was trans transformed into the bear and she was still trying to act like a queen. Oh, so I she was like that. walking on her hind legs, like trying to put on the, the crown, and almost she was still trying to walk like proper upright and gracefully. Yeah. It was really funny. I loved as well that she still she like set the breakfast table for her yeah. and Merida as well. Like she's still acting as the mum and it's yeah. I some like class some class mm -hmm. there. Like taking the crown off, like, okay, let's go get these fish, like putting it nice and like <laughs> one of my favourite bits is when so she's transformed into the bear, she puts the crown on and she lifts up her dress and it's like that look of oh my goodness, it's ruined. My favourite uh -huh. dress is ruined and I just love the expression. I don't know how they captured that, but it just looks like so funny of 
whenever you do pick something up, you go, oh, there's something on that, or it's ripped or whatever, and you're like, oh, away it goes in the bin. And I just thought that bit was just like so funny. It's the attention to detail, I suppose, in the um, animation, but she totally maintains that, like, I am the queen, and um, walking down the stairs, like you said, and trying to cut the grapes. That was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was. So, Gary, what's your third point? So, obviously, I spoke briefly about how there's not very many bears in Scotland. So, I was wondering, <laughs> why why a bear? Why did the witch turn the mum into a bear? It's very specific. And I think there could be something uh, to be said about Fergus, the dad, being taught a life lesson here as well. Because he hates bears. And his legacy comes from this fight with a bear and without that fight he probably wouldn't be this big hero in these other clansmen's eyes and he doesn't also believe in magic either so his one true love and his children are all transformed into bears and I think that's almost to teach him a lesson as well that not everything is what it seems and don't take your family lightly and he almost has to then with the help of Merida he has to almost save a bear you know, so his story starts with this big traumatic fight with a bear to then this arc of then having to almost save his family who are bears. Mm-hmm. Because was the first the first bear that he fought off, was that not Mardu? Mardu, yeah, who is a person who was turned into a bear. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I know, it is it is that overcoming that fear for the dad. Um but you're right, they could have used they could have used any animal, but could I have suppose used, could have used a dragon, you know. Could have saying. used a dragon, but <laughs> my gosh, Gary, <laughs> I think you're forgetting dragons aren't real. People yeah, can be turned Daddy. into bears, not dragons. And I see, I see wee blue wisps every day when I walk up and down Me the too. streets. You know, I love those wisps. Those wisps are so sweet as well. See the wisps. So in the beginning of the film, it was one of those I had to kind of watch back again to see the significance of the wisps. Because every time like the wisps happened, bad things happened afterwards, I always thought. <laughs> so I was kind of wondering, is the wisps like obviously the destiny of M- Merida saves Mardu in a way? Because the wisps lead, when she's very young and very small at the beginning, um, it's Mardu that's watching her and then he comes out and then the wisps are there again when, remember they followed the wisps up to like the enclosure whatever it is the the crypt i think it is mm-hmm. where um mardu is and then at the end when he dies and he gives that little nod at the end i i don't know it just made me think of were the wisps really a bit of like a destiny of merida's maybe got like another path as well not so much that they need to better their relationship between her and her mum but also she's also got another path i don't know maybe that's a bit far-fetched see for a disney film but I'd- I didn't really get the wisps either. I I thought they were lost souls, like that were like lost from the. <laughs> That's trans- so grim. No, I, <laughs> for I, a kids' I, film. <laughs> well, I thought they were. I, I think they were like lost souls, and I thought. Yeah. And, but then I didn't really get it because they lead the leader to into like dangerous territory. The leader to the witch, but then they also mm. help her at the end. So they, they didn't. They weren't good. They weren't bad. They were just there, and I I. I and get yeah. the wisps. <laughs> I kind of thought it was just like the witch playing with her, you know, mm-hmm. enticing her, kind of like, come little children, hocus pocus. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I thought it was the witch playing tricks on her, but I think that's not they don't dive into that enough, I don't think. No. What is the, the angry bear called again? Mordu. Did he not turn into a wisp at the end? Like, did one of them not come out of him or something? Or am I just... kind of had a bit of, like, a Star Wars, Star Wars? Yeah. Star Wars moment of, like, a little yeah. nod, a little wave, and then off into heaven he went. And... See, I thought he joined the wisps. So I was like, is this souls that are still in the forest? I, I don't know. But they, they, they confused me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've gone really deep with... <laughs> The West being like, Merida, your destiny is to save Mordu and take him away from his curse and yours Be- is lost souls. Yeah, because <laughs> she she arrived at the the kind of Stonehaven-esque looking rocks mm-hmm. and then she seen the wisps and then they took her to the witch. Mm-hmm. Right? And then so you're like, okay, they're 
kind of helping her. And then mm-hmm. she gets her spell, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, they see the wisps again. And then it leads her into the la- uh, the, the bear's pit. And it's mm-hmm. like, so what what is their goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Th- I think this film is deeper. I'd like I'd like to know why the wisps were there, mm-hmm. or it, if they were just kind of like magical things that they put in. But I assume that they're not. I'm sh- I'm mm. sure there's a deep meaning. I mean, with your <laughs> discussions here, I think it's going down to a six point five. You're losing me. I'm kidding on. I'm Get away! <laughs> well, I totally blew your mind with my wisp theory. Just accept it. Come on. I'll bring you back with my second. Uh, third positive point which is the triplets I oh. love them I wish there were more of not more of them I wish I'd seen more of them mm-hmm. um, you know winding each other up mimicking the dad stealing all the food it's just like you know you just get the the mischievous side of them eating all the sweet buns you know chopping the gar- guards moustache it's just so funny yeah um there's so much of it and then obviously them helping well turning into the cutest most adorable little bears ever <laughs> after eating the cake because of course they ate the cake um mm-hmm. and then trying to help merida with the key at the end i just thought they were so cute and i want to see more of them um they were adorable and i expected to for them to have a bigger part in it because from the start well as soon as merida grew up um they were in it quite a lot and then they just kind of vanished and came back at the end as little bears um but i just loved the mischief of them and i thought that added a lot of comedy to the film yeah i loved when they arrived and she was locked in her room and they just stared up at her and she just says get the keys (laughs) <laughs> I love it because it's like that whole family dynamic yeah. of almost being scared of your big brother or big sister so you just do what you're told you know and I just loved it in those few lines get the keys and you're like okay and then off the go yeah it's like a hidden thing like I mean I have it with my sisters as well of like a little look and you know exactly what each other's thinking mm-hmm. it's like that whole like on the same page I loved the bit as well when she's trying to bargain with them and they're like doing like little hand gestures of like keep it coming yeah yeah <laughs> a year worth of treats is so funny they don't say a word but they're just absolutely hilarious yeah. like again the little like details and how they move and yeah hand and gestures. i like i like how there was quite an obvious big age gap between them as well mm-hmm. because you know they were probably all for winding up their sister but she was also on their side a lot of the time and helping them yeah. with their mischief and I just thought that was really good because there was never any fighting uh, between them. You know, there was a little bartering um, with mm-hmm. the prize of the uh, the treats and stuff but <laughs> it was it was never I don't know, when me and my sister were young we were only a year and a half apart Like we, we fought quite a lot you know, because yeah. we were just too close <laughs> Um, but I liked that there was quite a big age gap between yeah. them. So yeah, that is my third point. And Rebecca, what is your final point of the yeah um, positives? I just to review again, like the whole message of the film is just like the importance of listening. I think like it goes for all of us that we're in such like a society of we we say we're listening but we're not really and there's a lot of arrogance in the film I think as well so like initially when she turns into the bear and Eleanor's looking at her as if what have you done Merida immediately goes well it wasn't me it was a witch there's been a mistake on her end I didn't do anything wrong there's arrogance between the clans of you did this you're not good enough you did that blah 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 and obviously this, the numerous arguments that the Queen and Merida have constantly. And nobody actually just takes the time to listen to one another. So like that moment of when Merida's standing up and goes, we're all friends here, we have actually, we've got more in common than we think, we shouldn't be fighting like this all the time, we all have something that each other needs. Merida like obviously opens her heart and goes, this this is wrong and I, I, I love you and I, you've done so much for me and blah 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 um and I feel like there's a message that we can all take away from it is that it is good to listen and it is good to just hear what each other's saying and maybe again that's too deep for Gary I don't know no, <laughs> um, no. a little tear there oh. um, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think it's about taking responsibility as well. No one takes responsibility in the film until the end. So, as you said, it is Merida's fault that her mum has turned into a bear and she mm. won't take responsibility of that. But then by the end, she does. And it's almost the mum's responsibility to make sure her daughter finds happiness and lives the life that she wants to. And it's not about what anyone else thinks of the family. And just just things like that. And I guess even at the end, the dad learns his place in all of this as well. And he learns to listen to his daughter because right away as soon as he sees that bear, he's locking his daughter in the room and going Mm -hmm. after it. Whereas he could have just took 10 seconds to listen and Mm -hmm. not be so fast acting. Except the magic. (laughs) Except the magic, yes. That magic is real and your wife is now a four-legged beast. (laughs) I think as well, there's a huge nod um, to the listening uh, message in the prince who speaks Doric, you know, the really strong Aberdonian um, prince or son of the one of the clan's uh, leaders. Um, Because every time he speaks... Nobody understands what he says. They all just look at him. Yeah. And then get on with whatever they say. He could be giving out the most amazing wisdom, but none <laughs> of us know. So well, I, I actually thought they were going to do something with that. And I thought yeah. he was maybe going to have the answer to get the mum back to normal. And nobody... <laughs> so, like, he would be telling people how to do that. And they would have been like, ah, no bother. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And that's it. But... Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was so funny. Of um, even like with a couple of the Scottish people, like no idea what he's saying. Like, <laughs> oh, I uh-huh. love that. I thought it was good because usually it's just other countries stating that they yeah. can't understand what Scottish people are saying. But in this film, it's like, well, actually, <laughs> we don't even There's know. There's a what different he's level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was speaking to someone about it before. Um, I watched it. And they were saying, oh, yeah, I've heard a lot of the Americans can't understand the person uh, speaking the Doric. Um, and I thought, I've been to like Aberdeen and that. Like, I'll be fine. I'll definitely understand that. <laughs> Not, Not a word. Not a yeah. word. I think we rewound it like three times just to try and figure out what he was saying. And, oh, it's just, it's just, I love that little touch of it. I think it's just mm-hmm. like the kind of wittiness, I think, of the Scottish humour coming in there as well, how it can be quite clever in that way. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyone got any other points they want to throw in, or any things they didn't like? Um, Gary, I'm sure you've got something you didn't like. Yeah, ready, Gary. Right, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll jump in first. Then one of the things I didn't like, as I said in the introduction, like I felt like not a lot actually happened in the film. So by the time like um, the clans arrive, then Merida goes to the witch gets a spell, turns her mum into a bear, they go back to the witch's house, she's not there, they come home, and then it basically ends. So I felt like it was missing this adventure, even like an adventure to get to the witch's house to then realise that she's gone. I feel like they could have added on an extra 10-15 minutes of stuff happening in that journey, you know, going from A to B, and then realising by the time they get there that the answers isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted more from from that, and I wanted to see more of the witch. I mean, mm-hmm. Julie Wa- it was Julie Walters, I think, yeah. who played the witch. I feel like that was almost a wasted opportunity because you could have got so much more with uh, her as an actor. Then I started thinking, was it like a one day get her in to do the voiceover and out type <laughs> of thing? Because <laughs> she's almost in it enough to make like the poster if she's on it or to to use her name but then mm-hmm. I mean one scene is basically all mm-hmm. all we got. For me, <laughs> my little nitpick of the film was from when the mum became a bear to uh and like towards the last sort of ten minutes, I felt like there was a lot of running about in the castle and stuff, uh, and a lot of searching that didn't really need to be there and I would have preferred like another little snippet of the witch or some more of the triplets or something else I felt like that sequence of her being in the castle um, and everyone knowing there's a bear in the castle and stuff was just a wee bit too long and kind of took me out of it Um, Mm -hmm. which is why my score was a little bit lower because I just 
there were so many good parts of the film where this bit just kind of slowed down for me. Yeah. Mm. I mean, who... So I expected the witch to be the villain in the film. Mm. I don't know if you used it when you were first introduced yeah, yeah. to her. And obviously that wasn't wasn't the case. So, like, who would you say is or what is the antagonist in the film? Like... Um, so I wouldn't even say it's like murder either. I feel like that's like a secondary thing. It's yeah. probably just like the misunderstanding each other. It's yeah. like that kind of relationship of, I mean, being a teenager is <laughs> so incredibly difficult, those changes that you're going through and everything. And you do feel like the world's against you. And I feel like a lot of that, that relationship is very relatable and recognisable for a lot of people with like their mums or their parents and things of no one understands me, no one gets it. And um, I feel like that is the the villain. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the film is quite positive. Like everything kind of is resolved by the end. That Yeah. The only other thing is I thought it was quite a bold choice to have the bear not being able to speak because that could have added a lot more comedy to to the film like i don't know if you have seen a uh, soul which was out this year i loved it and it's like got a talking cat in it and then you've got like mm. up with a talking dog and that does add a lot of comedy to these films so i thought it was quite bold to have this bear not being able to speak and then having to tell that story through physical comedy i kind of preferred it because there's that film is it brother bear where it's like someone transforms into a bear and um, he can speak and things. So I don't know. I think it was... I agree it's like a bold choice, but I feel like it works. I feel like her trying to go down the steps. And I feel like you can hear what she's saying with the expressions, mm-hmm. like when she's, you know, pacing back and forth and going... You can imagine, go, what were you thinking? What did you think you were going to do? Did you think... Do you think you're clever and stuff? And Mary just sitting there going, can't believe you're going on at me like this. Yeah. It's but as I... if they know exactly what each other's saying. Yeah. I think if... if the bears had been able to talk it wouldn't have been so bad that she got made into a bear like it would have been more funny but she can still talk and mm-hmm. she can still communicate and say you know to her husband I'm your wife like don't run after me don't try and kill me and stuff yeah. um so I think it kind of emphasized the bad thing that Merida had created yeah mm-hmm. what I did enjoy was the subtle parts where she became aggressive like the bear mind took over it was yeah. actually quite scary it was like quite mm. aggressive and it almost reminded me of like that idea of a werewolf like they can be fine mm-hmm. until the moon comes out then something just, just changes clicks, in them yeah. like and Jekyll thought, and Hyde kind of thing yeah, yeah. so I thought that was quite a cool yeah. concept <laughs> absolutely so has anybody's rating of the film changed since we've spoken about it? I'm going to stick at a 7.5 personally. Really likes it. Hmm. I'm not sure. I think I might go 8 maybe. Mm-hmm. I still really like it. So I'm going to stick, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm just going to go 8.5. I think it's it's just one of those films. It is a children's film and I know it's um, yeah, it's for like a younger audience I suppose. Like it's try and take knowledge and get into that mindset of are we being too deep I don't know but uh, <laughs> no I think like one of those films that you can kind of stick on I mean Pixar is always a winner for me like any Pixar film I put on I'm like I'll, I'm really enjoying this I'm loving it so I think I'm going to stick to I'll, I'll half it 8.3 8. <laughs> 8.3 8. um, I'm going to stick to a 7 as well but just Ooh. out of curiosity <laughs> um, what's your favourite Pixar films? I really love The Incredibles and um, I do really like Up, but I think Soul is just a completely different level. I love that film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would stick with Toy Story, the classic. I yeah. don't think it's been beaten. I did like Soul, but I think it got too hyped. And then when I went and watched it, I was a wee bit disappointed. My favourite Pixar um, would have to be Monsters, Inc. I used to watch that a lot oh, when I was younger. Oh, so good. And I did love it. I did love it. That was another thing that um, I was actually going to say. Sorry to like jump back to um, oh, go for it. Brave. Was um, I would have like so with Monsters Inc. For instance, Monsters Inc. Like um, what is it called? University. Monsters University explains how the relationship happened and how they got to working and like Monsters Incorporated. 
I, there's like at the beginning of Brave with that incident, it doesn't really explain like how there is that distance, like why there is that distance of why um, her mum was like so against like Merida doing anything. And I was like, is that because she got a bit scared with the fight, like with Murdu coming out of nowhere? Mm. And I suppose like a little bit of an explanation of like development of why. There is mm-hmm. that tension, like why she feels so strongly of Merida having this heart, the path that she thinks that she should have. I mean, I think that's just what the mum has grown up believing, and then mm-hmm. so it's like almost drilled into her. So then she's almost going, "There's no other life. This is the life you're going to yeah. make." And I guess if you look at when it's set, it's basically at a time <clears> where, <throat> like, you marry someone high up so that you've got a comfortable life you know you're not scraping by for food or things like that but then we see that Merida can catch her own food she can survive on her own and mm-hmm. she's got these skills that the mum just never had and never got to learn so yeah yeah so we have our quick fire quiz rounds coming oh up gosh. in a second <laughs> what are you doing lass it's all right dad <clears throat> i um, I have, well, you see, I, I have been in conference with the Queen. Is that so? Aye, it is. Well, where is she then? She, uh... How do we know that this isn't some trick? I've uh, never... This is highly irregular. Are where is the Queen? You will not stand for any more of this jiggery pie. That's right, let's see her. Shut it! <laughs> Okay, so Rebecca, we've got our quick fire quiz for you. So Gary and I are going to ask you five questions each on the film. We'll take it in turns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will see what you score out of ten. So Gary, you can take it away this this year. This episode. <laughs> this year. <laughs> I just I was just reading my first question. <laughs> That'll make sense in a second. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Um what character did Robbie Coltrane play? Um, he played one of the clansmen, I think it's Macintosh? Oh, it was Dingwall. I should get half of them. <laughs> <laughs> what year was Brave released? Was it 2013? 2012. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <clears throat> the film had three directors. Can you name oh, at no. least Pass. one of them? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> good, good, good stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, which birthday is Merida given her first bow and arrow on? Three. Sixth. Ah. Oh. Okay. I'm rotten. I'm not ready. <laughs> what Toy Story Easter egg can be spotted carved of wood in the witch's shop? Pizza Planet van. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. So <laughs> the triplets' names are Harris, Hubert, and. Hey. No. Uh, Harris, Herbert, and Hamish. Hamish. Yes. Nice. Which animal accompanies the witch as her pet? Crow. Yes. True or false, this is the first Pixar film to star a female protagonist. True. True, yes. Nice. And what real-life festival based on a fictional pagan ritual <laughs> has the witch fled to? <laughs> the Wickerman Festival in Thornway. Yes. <laughs> and last but not least... A little trivia question. Which American actress was originally set up to voice Merida? Oh, I have no idea. Reese Witherspoon. Really? How crazy is that? That is so weird. I know, apparently her accent was very good, but her schedule was very busy. Okay. (laughs) She's done quite a few animations, hasn't she? I'm trying to think. Like, Was it um, Monsters vs. Aliens or something that she did that? She did the voice in. I don't know, but I just can't imagine her as Merida. No, Kelly McDonald is 100% the right choice. Yes, 100%. Um, so <clears throat> that concludes our brave section of the episode and we are going to go on to our fun facts of the day. <laughs> 
my fun fact for today is that, oh gosh, this is a long one, okay. So, (laughs) in 2019, in July, Tesla founder Elon Musk informed Tesla owners that they would soon be able to stream both Netflix and YouTube in their cars, which is an attractive option for anyone looking to keep passengers occupied, but the catch is it only works when the car is parked. (laughs) Um, So I don't know how useful that will be because, I don't know, you could do it on your phone or something. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like they're telling you, don't leave your kids or like your pets in the back of your car when like you go to the yeah. supermarket and stuff. Mm-hmm. So people are trying to stop that, and he's like giving you more reason to keep them inside. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just thought that was a strange thing, and I thought, of course, that's Elon Musk is doing that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, what's your fun fact of the day? So mine is that a cocker spaniel named Tango had the best success rate at detecting cancer. So it was the first mm. dog ever to be able to be used to uh, sniff out cancer it only started with a 56 percent rate but it's now tango has worked its way up to 80 percent wow yeah animals are just amazing yeah i know i know rebecca what's your fun fact of the day i don't know if it's fun but um i thought it was like quite fitted quite well with brave so um Castle staircases have been designed so that if you're at the bottom, it curves to the left. So that if you're ascending up the staircase clockwise, you're at a disadvantage because the defenders of the castle coming down have got a wider, like, berth to, like, to catch you out, to defeat you on the staircase. I don't know if that's oh. <laughs> if I'm explaining that very well. So no, you've got the mean. advantage coming down because you can see around the corner and have bigger, a lot more space to like swing your swords or whatever. That must have something to do with people being more right-handed as well. Then, yeah, well, yeah. that is like yeah. one of the points that said that a lot of people like were classed as just being right-handed, so yeah. they've got that advantage. But I just thought that was quite interesting, especially when we're talking about brave and um, yeah. yeah, that's quite cool. I like it. Amazing. So we will also, as always, recommend a short film for our viewers to watch. So this um, short film that I'm going to recommend this week is an amazing short film. I found it on Vimeo. It's called Factory Talk. Um, And it's a film that there's no dialogue, but there's a poem uh, spoken as a voiceover. Um, and it's basically an internal dialogue about identity and se- uh, sexuality and masculinity um, in the background backdrop of a factory workspace. Um, it's an amazing poem. It's directed by Lucy, Rachel and Chrissy Hyde. And the poem is written and performed by 1990s Chris. So definitely check that one out. Um, very interesting perspective. Really yeah, it's really short as well. It's only, I think it's maybe four minutes long. Um <clears throat> But it's a, a really beautiful piece and the lead actor in it is very good as well. So yeah, definitely check that out. Mm. Gary, what's your uh, short film today? So I stuck with the theme and went for an animated short film again. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Coin Operated and it's an award-winning five-minute film about a naive explorer and it's like spans 70 years of his life. So, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. In five minutes. In five minutes. So, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And Rebecca, what's your uh, short film you're going to recommend? Yeah, I nearly went down the animated route as well. I had a moment of, a CP picks the same one as me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I'm going to go for a film, um, again, just like on the kind of female uh, line of what everything we've been talking about. Um, it's a film called Pink and Blue and it's by G-I-L-R Film. Um, it's written and directed by Anna Wheeling. I know a couple of people that have starred in it and also shot it and edited it but it's about, um, it's like the symbolism of behind like the contraceptive pill and it's just a really like interesting um kind of way of how they explore it and how these things can affect us mentally and physically and um, yet they just do a really interesting thing with like colours and um, dream sequences and also the how the pill sort of 
to forms and changes like the pill itself and I just thought it was really interesting and totally like relatable yeah really powerful and um really symbolic nice we'll definitely check that out so that is the end of our episode Rebecca thank you so much for being a wonderful guest and for bringing Brave to the podcast our first animation Uh, can you let the listeners know where they can keep up to date with what you're doing and your social medias yes Ashley you can get uh, me via lockdown links which is on Instagram Facebook and Twitter Instagram it is lockdown links 2020 and on Twitter it is at links lockdown um, and myself which I'm sure on Instagram I, I come up as like riddle Rebecca Rebecca riddle <laughs> It's through lockdown links you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll put uh, your handles yeah. in the show notes as well. Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> it's the only thing I didn't note down. That <laughs> is quite it. all right. <laughs> That's quite all right. As always, I'm Ashley, and you can find me at at Ashley Sutherland on Instagram or at Ash Sutherland Four on Twitter. And I'm still Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you sure? <laughs> yep, I'm still Gary, and you can find me. <laughs> at Twitter and Instagram at HewittGPro. As always, leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts and get in touch on social media at FilmChoose on Twitter or at ChooseFilmPodcast on Instagram and give us a little email at ChooseFilmPodcast at Hotmail.com and join us next week where we dive into the film Filth with Josh Haynes. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye.